Coffee, 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 chameleon. That's me. That's you. You come and go. <laughs> you come and go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Um. Also, loving you would be easy if your colors were like my dreams. Uh, that is to say, red, gold, and green. Red, gold, and green. Uh huh. God, that's a good song. Two bits at the same time, huh? <laughs> Two <Cool>. bits. <laughs> Double bits. Oh, shit. How, how do we even... Oh. Oops, all bits. Oops, all bits. Fuck. Okay, you do yours. Uh, I was just going to sing Uptown Bill in the uh, underbite voice that he does. That's all. Oh, uh, okay. It's the yeah. moment's past. I'll For, fix it in post. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Keep it in, double it. Um, I was just... I was doing a... Uh, mrs doubtfire voice for no reason i don't know i just felt oh, like it cool <laughs> just in the <laughs> moment you know just going with the flow where the spirit leads yeah <laughs> uh yeah so welcome everybody to think outside the box it it's a, a podcast about learning to appreciate artists that may be misunderstood unrecognized or dismissed and i'm nathan hunt and i'm cameron dewitt we're covering billy joel william jar and how and we're talking about street life serenade and that's right. I didn't say street light serenade. I said street life. Yeah. Why? Why did he do that? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> For some reason, he, this... he made it one word, street life. I don't know that this album is very much about. I mean, it's a little bit. It's more about serenading than it is about street life. Yeah. I mean, it depends on what you define as street life i guess there's um, also a fair amount i feel like there's a fair amount of suburban life in this as well definitely which is more of a cul-de-sac serenade uh-huh cul-de-sac life good acoustics in a cul-de-sac yeah um did, did you know that uh cul-de-sac is a very odd term i mean my french is a little rusty but as far as i understand the word cul means like ass or butt oh and like sack means like a bag or um these are like sac a dos means like a backpack which huh. is sack of back so it's butt sack yeah it's like the sack the the butt of the sack butt sack <laughs> butt butt That's sack where my baby <laughs> i got me a butt sack it seats about 20 so hurry up and bring your butt sack money uh now available at Nathan's OnlyFans. <laughs> uh, yeah. What so, were you trying to say? Uh, <laughs> that, uh, is that it? That was it. Cold a sack. Yeah, <laughs> that's all. <laughs> thinking about butts. Thinking about sacks. Thinking about butts and sacks, yo. Yeah. That's just how I do. That's the, my that's street life. That's the new TNA. Yeah. <laughs> B, it's B's and S's. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Uh, uh, street Life Serenade. A very uneven album, which makes sense because he he produced it one year after Piano Man under lots of pressure from his label, it seems like. Um, And he was, let's see, there's something, um, he he was like pressured to bring it out quickly to support a tour or something 
back like it, in the in the sixties and seventies, where artists were expected to release like an album every year or six months. Wow, so much, just crazy <laughs> while touring. Also, bananas. Uh, so yeah, uh, that mm-hmm. that being that being said, I think this is like a. I think the individual songs on this album are stronger. Some of them are, yeah. Uh, there's a couple that I really like, and then in general. Like, I haven't been in love, really, with any of the songs we've heard so far. Mm-hmm. And sp- specifically, some songs have been annoying. And I think most of the... We'll see as we go through each of the songs, to what to the extent that we do. Mm-hmm. But I feel like most of the songs on this album are, like, just... They feel... To me, they feel, like, a little more edited. And, like, they're a little more mm. coherent. And I don't know. Yeah. Lyrically, I feel like at least several of them are some of his strongest work to date. Um, a couple of them are like kind of generic, uh, just like stand almost like standards. There's like a song about working nine to five and looking forward to the weekend, which is like, yeah, I mean, I wonder if that's been done (laughs) as a subject. (laughs) I wonder if that's been done, uh, in a, in a song that just totally slaps and fucks and is one of the best songs ever written by Uh, one of the most powerful songwriters ever. Wait, are you referring to this song? Weekend song? Uh, I'm referring to 9 to 5 by Dolly Parton. Oh, fuck. Okay. I don't think... Th- well... I thought... Okay. For, you got me excited because I thought you had a Dolly Parton uh, drop oh, like, queued up. Fuck. You're like, do you mean this song? 9 to 5. <laughs> I, I wish. I, w- I got a little sidetracked by the thing about the weekend because I don't... I don't think nine to five, the song has that much about weekends in it. And and the, this one, the and Billy then Joel has. The everybody's working for the weekend. Yeah. I mean, if you mash them both together, the yin and yang. Yeah. <laughs> They're really the two poles of American musical life. <laughs> ah, shit. All right. Uh, 1974. Is that a really douchey thing to say yin and yang? <laughs> I don't know, Cameron. I do not know. <laughs> are, are you saying because you're pronouncing it yang instead of how... Uh, like instead yang, of yang like uh, which because i'm not i'm not describing like a tchotchke like uh, like a hippie tchotchke keychain yeah i don't know like that that to me seems like there's a lot of uh issues to say like is it appropriation is it like how much has it just been like copied or borrowed or it's probably right. not very true to its roots anymore i i don't know i don't know yeah maybe not who knows you know it's always interesting with those i feel like cer- certain eastern religious ideas are just like so cosmic that it's like i don't know if i could appropriate this because it's just so <laughs> it's just the it's idea just, of it's just talking about the way that everything is you know what yeah, i mean it's, it's like, like the idea of dualism and how each right. one contains a little seed of the other <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, don't cancel see. me. <laughs> well, too late. I've already, I'm already putting in the paperwork with Antifa. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going down oh, to my local way, Antifa I, bureau. Just a little tease. Just a little tease. I have a, uh-huh. I have a big uh, reveal at the end of this episode <gasps> oh. for the last, for the last song. So oh, have you been elected a uh, committee sub chairman of your local chapter of Antifa? 
Yeah, that's it. I'm a terrorist. <laughs> of the I'm very terrorist of, of the Overlook neighborhood of Portland. Yeah, of the very organized. And, and... I just doxed myself. <laughs> <laughs> Cameron lives in beep neighborhood of Portland that he just said <laughs> that he's definitely going to edit out. I'm sure. Oh yeah, big time. <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a mistake. It would be hard to overlook it. <laughs> Should we should we talk about songs? Are you ready? I guess so. Do you want to talk about Street Life Serenader, the first song and the titular out uh titular song? Yeah. Okay, I guess so. Melody This might be the weakest lyrically on this album. Yeah, it's uh, it's just sort of vague. It's just nothing. Yeah, it's it's unclear if he's talking about excuse me if he's talking about himself or just like the idea of a street life serenader. There, there's yeah, yeah. there's like. There's a lot of there's at least a couple kind of autobiographical songs in this album. Uh, I think right. actually most of them are probably like very autobiographical. So he says, "Street life, Sarah Naver never sang on stages. Needs no orchestration. Melody comes easy. Uh, Midnight Masquerader, Shopping Center Heroes, Child of Eisenhower, New World Celebrator. What does that mean? What does that mean? New World Celebrator." I don't know. It really rubs me the wrong way. It feels like big boomer energy. <laughs> I mean, is it, I mean, maybe he's a fan of Terrence Malick and was just like yeah. very, very uh, ahead of his time in predicting what Terrence Malick, what kind of movies Terrence Malick was going to make in let's say 2005. Starring Colin, uh, starring Colin Farrell. <laughs> is that a good movie? Um, Isn't that a Pocahontas movie? Pocahontas is in it. I feel, hmm. I I don't know if the idea of like good comports with Terrence Malick necessarily. Any Terrence Malick? Movie. Yeah, it's like he's so off on his own thing that it's like, can you really judge it by the standards of other movies? It's it's almost like a, a weird. I mean, it's been eerie since I've seen it, but it's almost like this weird, very slow, meditative like poem of a movie. It's mostly just, I feel like his movies are just for Carl, the Carl Eric's of the world, former guest of the show, Carl <laughs> Eric Tangent. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you remember in The Tree of Life? I think I remember this, right? Is that the one with Wolverine I, in it? N- oh, no, 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 no. Wait, not that one. Not that one. Not, What's not the other one with Brad Pitt? Um, I don't know. I didn't like the Wolverine one, but that might not have been Terrence Malick. There's one with... No, it is Terrence Malick, 2011. Oh, it does have Brad Pitt. Maybe I'm thinking of The Fountain? That's what it is. No, but I'm talking about the Brad Pitt one. I have not seen it. So there's a scene in the Brad Pitt one uh, where, uh, speaking of yin and yang, uh, Brad Pitt is supposed to be like nature and uh, I think Jessica Chastain is the other uh, actor in it. And she's supposed to sort of represent like love and grace or something like that. Maybe specifically grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a scene in it 
where there's a dinosaur and it's going to kill another dinosaur. And it's like a velociraptor or some shit Uh or Dilophosaurus. I don't remember. Um, Anyway, or a Dinonychus. That's what I think it's what it was. It's been a while since I've seen it. And it, it approaches the other dinosaur that's on the ground Mm -hmm. and it's, and it's hurt and it puts its big old foot talon on it. And then for some reason it decides not to eat it and then it walks away and (laughs) and it's uh and it's and it's very powerful uh and not at all (laughs) (laughs) heavy-handed and um and we knew and we know going on that that dino became a vegan (laughs) a militant vegan (laughs) yes (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah and that dino now uh is the head of PETA. oh of course. Yeah. The good, the good, good dino. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah, that's what, t- that's kind of like big lofty ideas that Terrence Malick is working with. And then occasionally he has like pro wrestlers, I guess. His, wait, <laughs> pro his wrestlers? <laughs> Didn't he make the pro wrestler movie? Like the Mickey Rourke or MMA fighter or something like that? Uh, wait. I'm the, just getting people confused. That was, um, no, that was, uh, fuck, who was that? Ah, oh, this is killing me. Uh, the fighter. No, it's not the fighter. The fighter is Wahlberg. Uh, the it's called the wrestler. I think. Isn't that um? Oh. Isn't that uh uh Fincher? No, it's Aronofsky. Oh, that who is the Wolverine Tree of Life guy? Yes, but it's called the Fountain. There it is. <laughs> but there is a it tree. All of comes li- back. But there is a tree of life in it. In it, the there fountain, certainly is. And it, um, I did not like that movie. Tree of Life is mad. inside us all along. Yeah. Uh, Perhaps the real can we talk about a new song? was the Aronofsky's we made along the way. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. What, what else is there to say about this song? Street Life Serenader. It's, I guess it's about like a musician who's busking, but it also seems to be like kind of about Billy Joel. But it's just, it's uh, so vague and, I don't know, boring. <laughs> uh, we should talk about the kind of bad chord progressions in it. There's just one really jarring transition Ooh, that I dislike. That you want to play that sound fun. sample? Yeah. Mm. I don't think that's very good. No, it's a little hard to hear. You might have to boost the volume or compress it in post. Okay. I'll be, I'll boost it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it didn't sound like it was very compelling. Uh, should we move on? We should to Los. Is it pronounced Angelinos? Yeah, I guess so. On Helenos. With their New York cowboys Hiding up in the mountains Laying low in the canyons Going nowhere on the streets With the Spanish names Making love to the natives In their Hollywood places Making up for all the time Gone I kind of like that chorus It's not bad, like musically at least Going nowhere on the streets with the Spanish names. <laughs> I kind of like that. Mm-hmm. I don't really understand what making love with the natives means. Seems uh, um, kind of a loaded phrase to use. 
Yeah, I mean, I feel like they're talking... It is loaded. But I feel like he's talking about how most people in Los Angeles are sort of imports. Um, yeah. Like, like weren't born in the city or near the city. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Los Angelinos all come from somewhere to live in sunshine. They're funky exile. Yeah. Midwestern ladies, high heel. funky exile. Funky, I've never funky heard exile. those words together before. <laughs> Sounds like a David, something David Bowie would say. They're funky exile. Midwestern ladies, high-heeled and faded, driving sleek new sports cars with their New York Cowboys. hey yo! I wonder if he's thinking of Urban Cowboys starring uh, John Voight and Al Pacino? Um, I've never seen that movie. I saw the first, like, half hour of it. Seems good. Kind of slow. I think I tried uh, to watch it on a plane, which is a mistake. He does some accent play in this. <laughs> Oh, wanna... <laughs> oh, sort of Eminem style? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> oh. He flips a few R's, rolls even. Oh, oh, I remember that moment. Yeah, here we go. Out in the beaches with that Mexican leafers, no one ever has to feel like a refugee. Going into garages for exotic massages, making up for all the time. Oh, boy. That's, that's a choice. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> Not... Not my favorite. Not my favorite. I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say it's my favorite. Um, yeah, tanning out on the beaches with our Mexican reefers, reefers to rhyme with beaches. No one ever has to feel like a refugee going into garages for exotic massages, making up for all the time gone by. Um, it seems like he kind of just starts doing it for Mexican reefers um, because Spanish. <laughs> Uh, features the trilled rolled r in a lot of the dialects not all but some of the dialects of spanish most of the dialects of spanish i should say uh so like for instance you you distinguish between pero which means like but or instead um from perro which means dog so the rolled yes. r is a feature of um i think all i think mexican spanish like broadly throughout mexico i'm not aware of places in mexico that don't utilize it um so yeah i think he does it for mexican reefers for that reason but then he just keeps going he says refugee (laughs) garages so i don't know i mean the the Uh, first one is like not great because it's like you don't have to like imitate a mexican accent to talk about mexican reefer dude that's not it's great true. and but then he keeps going and then it's like now there's not even i can't even see a reason to do it i mean it i guess it's less problematic if it doesn't seem like you're imitating a mexican accent or pronunciation but there's also like no reason for it <laughs> yeah did you get um escape the pina colada song vibes from this at all it's oh it's it's sort of the same chord progression which is just a minor two going down to a one a minor two going down to a one do you have any samples of like the verses um i do not maybe i don't know if i do either um it's just sort of like it just sort of goes back and forth mm-hmm. um yeah, it kind of reminded me of the Pina Colada song, except for it's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that song I have a, makes love. <laughs> in this song, there is, I, I think, maybe a contender to be added to the soundboard. 
Do you want to play uh, the other sound sample that I have? Oh, for? I absolutely do. Here we go. Uh, that's right everyone zip zap it's electric babies uh cool (laughs) i love electric babies a little little electric baby more like yeah oh wow that's angelinos uh, uh, electric baby lou those electric babies that they have in los angeles you know it's the city also of electricity (laughs) fuck white supremacists for stealing uh for for ruining boogaloo oh yeah exactly (laughs) i don't know if it was something good to say before but it's definitely not now so i only ever knew about it in context of um break into electric boogaloo yeah me too (laughs) and then everyone just started like whenever there was a sequel they would like joke about electric boogaloo or whatever (sighs) first the swatchstika then the okay sign yeah then the frogs then our dear pepe the frog our dear pepe uh, uh oh boy. Yeah. the hawaiian shirts did they did they take over hawaiian shirts i know they took white polos and khakis and tiki torches no that w- that's very what 2016 17 i forget are those not still uh nazi things uh well the new the new thing is hawaiian shirts those are the people who are trying to do start the boogaloo the second civil war oh are the white supremacists in hawaiian shirts god damn it we live in the stupidest fucking world imaginable (laughs) it's it's terrible people in hawaiian shirts are starting to start a second american civil war that they're referring to as the boogaloo what the fuck (laughs) what happened how did it get so wrong well slavery yeah. and racism in a word yeah like i feel like the 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 story of uh like the movie of america has a has some really uncompelling villains yeah <laughs> and that's a, one of the main writing problems it's true yeah they're so cartoonishly evil like what i don't know you want <laughs> you want a villain you can relate to <laughs> yeah exactly they're yeah. twirling their mustaches and everything yeah all right uh, uh let's talk about maybe my favorite song ever wow that's crazy <laughs> interesting yes. it's called the great suburban <laughs> showdown number three mom and dad me and you and the outdoor barbecue think i'm gonna hide out in my room it's a country song yeah slide guitar And they say you can't go home anymore. Very country. Yeah. Uh, so this song is about Billy Joel. You know, he's he's gone all he's been all around this world doing his music thing. Um, it's not specifically about him, but it feels autobiographical. But it's yeah broad enough to be relatable to anyone, which I appreciate about it in yeah. this song. You know, so what else it's is- about going home to be with your folks and it being super triggering. Yeah. Um, you know what else is yeah, triggering? Feeling <laughs> isolated and alone. Yeah. It's extremely relatable. Um, especially the part where he tries to bring, or he contemplates bringing a gun on an airplane. 
it's very yeah, relatable will you read that whole that whole lyric i think it's great yeah and it's kind of like a what what <laughs> record scratch uh flying east on a plane drinking all that free champagne i guess i saw this coming down the line and i knew it should be fun but i think i've or sorry i guess i saw this coming down the line and i know it should be fun but i think i should have packed my gun got that old suburban showdown on my mind it's a great beginning yeah which is uh it's uh yeah it's it's like it's a very surprising and kind of shocking uh, line to just drop in there and it's never yeah, and really then, paid off it's kind of it's a little bit of a check it's not an gun. extended metaphor yeah, <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> Chekhov's baggage gun yeah and then i wasted my two folks <laughs> with my real gun <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly because they told that story again about how I wet the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's just sort of a that sort of feeling of like anxiety, simultaneous anxiety and ennui that you that one can get when you visit your parents in the suburbs, if that's your story. Yeah, especially I feel like yeah. in your 20s, like at least for me, yeah. like in my 20s, there was a lot of this sit around with the folks i I love it now it's just like yeah i'm gonna go like eat your snacks and like (laughs) drink your beer and (laughs) hang out my kid is gonna play with your dogs and i'm just gonna check out for a bit yep (laughs) it's great but but as a 20 year old cameron not so much not so much um there is some interesting stuff here i've been gone for a while made some changes in my style and they say you can't go home anymore well, the streets all look the same, and I'll have to play the game. We'll all sit around in the kitchen chairs with the TV on and the neighbors there. I think it's it's a very... It feels pretty good at capturing that that tension, yes. especially in your 20s, where you've kind of like... You feel like you've changed, but then you go back to these old places where... Um, it's not necessarily like someone's trying to fit you into this like role or who you used to be. But part of you feels like you're kind of slipping back into these old patterns. Part of you yeah. feels like uh, nobody knows what to make of you. And so the easiest way to communicate with people is like be back in these old patterns. Um, it's a very like interesting and slightly alienating experience that I, I feel like he's capturing pretty well in this song. Now, what do you what do you th- what do you think about the uh, the punchline at the very end? Uh, okay well i do like that he talks about sesame street it's a lot it's a choice um one of my favorite yellow sesame street characters makes an appearance oh yeah uh because he says drive into town when this big bird touches down and i'm only coming home to say goodbye i think he might be referring to the plane snuffleupagus (laughs) yeah i think he might be referring to the plane but i prefer to think of uh the literal big bird from the sesame street yeah yeah. When this big yellow bird touches down, <laughs> I'm only coming home to say goodbye. Then I'm gone with the wind and I won't be seen again till that great suburban showdown in the sky till that great suburban <laughs> showdown in the sky. That's a really funny joke. He's like, yeah. And then in heaven, I'll have to do it for eternity. Yeah. I'll hang out with my fucking suburban parents. Yeah. Cause that's, that's they heaven. Watch TV. That's paradise. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't really really know what to make of that. Yeah, it's it's a choice. It's a lot. Yeah, 
Speaking of choices that are a lot, do you want to play the sound sample that's titled A Truly Dorktastic Synth Solo? Do I? Okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Uh, I... <laughs> yes. <laughs> Check out those blue notes. That's ultra so silly. silly. <laughs> That's dumb. I mean, to his credit, I feel like we have to we have to realize that since we're very new at this time, this is 1974. This is like the age of the it's, analog this is synth. A Moog. Uh, I think it's well. I think it's pronounced Moog. You're right. I forgot. It yeah. is a Moog. Fuck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think it's a Moog, which is a kind of analog synthesizer. Uh, one of the first, right? I don't know anything about synths. Yeah. I don't even know how to say Moog. Yeah. Am I saying it right? <laughs> yeah, it seems like seems to me like you're the expert. Um Yeah, so it's it's one of the very first analog I mean, this is nineteen seventy four. There is not a lot of synth technology out there. I think the ones that are out there are incredibly expensive and bulky and like inconvenient. So I think he's just kind of showcasing the sound at all. because um, it's it's sure. uh, it's that hot new sound. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> this this is your cousin Raymond Raymond Barry <laughs> hey Chuck it's that new sound you've been looking for <laughs> I'm definitely not putting a hat on a hat on a hat in this phone call alright you want to talk um, about hmm? root beer rag root beer rag uh, let's see yeah here we go instrumental more synth action yeah (laughs) so i like rags um i much prefer them when they're played on string instruments um sure banjo rag guitars some old old like ragtime finger style blues it's like hell yeah fucking awesome um yeah but I think it's a very cool genre of music that um, unfortunately has the kind of uh, sheen or like the idea of it in the larger culture is it's kind of like silly or it's like circus music. Um, right. You know, like the, the song, The Entertainer, which is a, a Scott Joplin song, um, which he borrows the title of in a later later track on this album. Yes. Uh, but it's the... No. Wait, no, that's not it. No, it fuck. absolutely no, is not fuck, that. Fuck, 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 fuck. No, it's Go. the other one. It's the other one <laughs> that they yourself. use in circuses. That one. Um, but I, I feel some, like it, some ice cream trucks use that. Yeah. So it's like it's when it's, they're not using turkey in the straw. Yeah. Well, I'm glad they chose the less racist one if they're playing uh, the entertainer. Um, yes. Yeah. So it's it's. Uh, was it oh yeah so it's unfortunately has the the image of like being ice cream truck circus music and kind of silly but it's a really cool fucking genre of music that has a lot of 
really fun and interesting features to it like specifically the rhythm yeah it's like super syncopated um it is usually virtuosic uh the thing that's missing from the rag piano playing in this one is i I don't believe he's doing any stride bass piano which is where the left hand plays a bass note and then jumps up to the uh, kind of mid register of the piano and plays a chord and then jumps back down and plays a different bass note Mm -hmm. and then jumps up and plays, you know, a chord or that same chord or a different inversion of a chord. Um, So it's, it's sort of like your, it's like your, your left hand is being two different instruments. You know, it's, it's, it's keeping the rhythm in the chord, outlining the harmony uh, in the middle of the piano and then reaching all the way down and grabbing a bass note. So it, it, it takes an immense amount of accuracy and skill. Mm -hmm. Um, And you, yeah, it's just like a really high level technique (laughs) to be able to play that way. And Billy Joel is a really good piano player, but I'm not surprised that he, doesn't have like you know stride piano chops right um, yeah something you you gotta practice we should um, we should also say that he wrote this song and it's a time when ragtime music was even less known and less popular than yeah. it is now because i don't think scott joplin was like brought back into uh like the mainstream until sometime in the 70s with um the sting uh, yeah the sting and joshua rifkin yeah, that movie's here great. we go. Oh yeah, okay. Joplin's music was rediscovered and returned to popularity in the early 1970s with the release of a million-selling album recorded by Joshua Rifkin. Okay. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So, so I guess this is like a few years into like the ragtime revival. Um, uh, there, there is one moment to me which like really sounds like ragtime music. Like it, it, it gets the closest to like a lot of the sections in this. To me, don't really sound. Like they'll have a section where they'll go around the circle of fifths in a way that sounds like ragtime. And then each section is in like a different key, which kind of sounds like ragtime, but most of the sort of texture of it doesn't really feel ragtimey. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, Oh, maybe I didn't take a sound sample. I thought I took a sound sample. I have one. Did that I says, take another one? This is the first time it sounds like a rag. There it is. I just didn't write it down. Yeah. yeah. Play that. Yeah. and the way it like resolves the various phrases yeah it sounds very Take a little ragtime. break doing like a run yeah yeah uh that's yeah I, I remember hearing that part i was like yeah this is the best part of this song yeah um do you want to move on good to stuff do you want to move on to the next one yeah let's talk about oh wait oh um can, can you play the one that says uh moog drop yeah. Um, so this is when you first hear the synth, and I think it's kind of a fun drop. Yeah. <laughs> it's so much. It's yeah. <laughs> squeeze, and one, squeeze, and one squeeze. time there's this, like, very... In that same section, but later on in the song, there's, like, a super processed, like, yeah, 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 like human voices. <laughs> do you I, play that, too? I, yeah, yeah, I do. There, it does sound like yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I think, let's see. A bunch of bullies. I think the way the Moog works is by, it's like a sampling synthesizer. So the idea is that it's like, I think it's a bunch of tapes or discs or something where you like record something uh, that is like played back when you hit a certain key. Um, and I don't remember if it specifically like can modulate that, that sound up and down. Um, but you can, you can do things like, uh, I think one of the ones that was used pretty frequently back in the day is like sampling a bunch of, uh, string sounds so that you can hit like a key on the piano and have just like a sustaining, uh, string sound, like sounds like a violin playing a note. And it doesn't sound exactly like a violin. You know, it's like, it doesn't quite replicate it, but it was a lot closer than, you know, is, other alternatives. Is that the string sound that you hear in most, like, disco? Oh, I don't actually know. Because there's I, always, like, a string sound that's that, that sounds like synth to me. Um, and it's the best. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think I think I heard some at some point that some of those are, like, live orchestras or like i'm sure some of them quartets or something i think part of it at least was like they just recorded them and processed them in a very particular way maybe um well Um, should we move on yeah let's talk about the next song it's called roberta roberta i understand you i know you need to move it up Let's face it. Billy Joel's in love with a prostitute. That's what this yep. song's about. Uh, and when I was first listening to the song, I was like, uh, it's one of these songs. Right. Um, and I was just like, this is not going to go well. But here's my hot take. I think this is one of the best man talking to woman songs I think I've ever heard. Just in terms of like the lyrics and the emotional yeah. complexity of it. Um, Tell me more. Because you would think... Heat up this take for me. I I think most people when writing this song, especially in 1974, the year of our Lord, I think most people would write an extremely patronizing song. Uh, I mean, like a decade, a decade and a half later, uh, Roxanne by the police. Um, yes. You don't have to put on that red light. He's kind of like right. shaming her. Walk the streets for money. You don't have to sell your body to the night. He's kind of like fetishizing yeah. her and uh denigrating her and telling her she shouldn't be doing what she's doing billy joel doesn't do that yeah he he never once says like you should uh i don't think he ever says like you should stop doing this in in the in the quote uh, from an interview about the song he says i had a crush on a woman who was a prostitute i tried to talk her out of doing that line of work i really felt like i was in love with this person she was a very nice person i said you should get out of this come with me she said no i'm independent i make my own money she didn't want to leave that line of work yeah so i mean based on that interview it almost sounds like a moment of clarity for billy joel yes where he had gone into it with this like very conventional mindset of like yeah attitude yeah get yeah like kind of patronizing like get out of this line of work and come be with me and i'll save you i'm gonna be the man savior and she's like no fuck you i'm independent and he's like oh oh and then he writes this (laughs) song afterwards it's kind of like reflecting on it 
Um, so he says, Roberta, you say you know me, but I see only what you're paid to show me. Oh, I wish you had the time. Um, which those opening lines were like, did not give me a lot of confidence in the way he's sen- sure, uh, sure. setting up the song. Uh, but then he focuses on time. I wish you had the time, which is a very interesting thing. Uh, then he says, Oh, Roberta, I understand you. I know you need to move in other circles too. It's tough for me. It's tough for you. Um, and he's getting at something that I don't know if I've ever seen tackled in a song before, um, which is the ways in which sex workers are, um, let's see, like are not allowed to have intimate relationships with other people because of societal pressures or, um, moralizing, Uh, or, you know, just like lots of men would not be interested in a, you know, like having a girlfriend who is a prostitute, um, because, you know, sexual exclusivity is, is for so many people just like a, a basic given of a relationship. Yes. Um, and he adds this dimension of like, he says, it's tough for me. It's tough for you. Um, and there's a lot of ambiguity there. And I think it's, it's doing a lot of work to like add to this song. Um, it's tough for him because he's in love with her and she doesn't seem to really reciprocate. Uh, also he's broke AF cause he says, Roberta, how I've adored you. I'd ask you over, but I can't afford you. Um, which is like, an interesting way to phrase that. Like a lot of people yes. <laughs> would phrase that in a venomous way, but he's like, no, it's like, I'm broke. <laughs> that's the, that's the real problem. It's like, I'm broke, which is an interesting yeah. way to, to, to phrase that. Um, uh, so it's tough for her. It sounds like because he's in love with her almost. It's like his fixation is making it tough for her or something is kind of the the feel that I'm getting from it. Like it's not tough for her that she's in this life or she has this career. Like it doesn't necessarily sound like that's what Billy Joel's getting at. Uh, that that's the tough part. It's like having someone who is just pining away for, for you when you don't reciprocate is tough. It's a awkward position to be in. Yeah. Uh, that's a great read on this. Yeah. And he, 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 he says the night goes slowly. I know you're working, but you must get lonely too. So he, he's also like, again, like what I was pointing out, I was like, yeah, like do sex work, like sex workers, a lot of them must get lonely sometimes because so many, uh, people scorn them and don't want to be in relationships with them. Yeah. Hmm. Um, and then at the very end, he makes a little pun. He says, but I suppose that my small change won't see you through. It's tough for me. Uh, it's tough for you. (laughs) So he, he can only offer her a small change, uh, which is to yeah. say he's does not have a lot of money. And also it would not make that much difference in her life. Yeah. Ultimately I respect any song that's sort of, uh, a man accepting that he is not entitled to a woman's, uh, exclusivity or affection. A fucking man. Yeah. Like that's not a concept that most people can, <laughs> grasp or most men can grasp yeah especially in 1974 but to take that a step further and put it in the context of a sex worker is like galaxy brain oh very much so i'm honestly impressed by billy joel i was expecting more patronizing songs about women who have lost their way 
Yeah, exactly. Which we've gotten a little bit of. So Can you far, imagine so. Garth fucking Brooks writing this song like 25 <laughs> or 30 years later? Like what a cock up he would make of, of trying oh, to write about absolutely. this subject. Oh yeah. boy, it would be so, he'd be like talking about angels looking down from heaven and mommies <laughs> uh, on angel wings and like crying a single tear every time she gets into God. someone's got car. Yeah. <laughs> little hooker told god <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm sorry that's not a, that's not a good word to use they do use it in no the, uh, but it fit rhythmically and i think anyone would accept your <laughs> yeah as, your, as long as it fits rhythmically if they have listened to our entire first season <laughs> yeah as long as it fits rhythmically you can use any awful term that you want yeah i'm sure there are several people that uh forgive you for that <laughs> oh i'm sure Should we talk about the entertainer <laughs> the yes. billy joel song yeah not not the um ice oh, cream wait, truck wait, wait, song? One, hmm? one thing uh in roberta there's this like kind of pretty melody that's in lydian mode which is a major scale with a raised fourth so instead of going do re mi fa so la ti do it goes do re mi fi so la ti do uh fi instead of fa uh so it has this sort of like uh kind of surreal feeling because um it adds this half step resolution in a different spot in the scale, um, which m- makes it feel a little less rooted in one place. Mm. Um, and uh, it takes away one of the main uh, resolutions, which is the uh, four to the three. And there's no resolution there in, um, in the Lydian scale. But then it does, at the end of the phrase, uh, play a natural four as opposed to a Lydian fourth. Ah, uh, a yeah. little bit of chromaticism. It's cool. Hmm. Yeah. So the end there. Mm. So the the note to listen for is mm-hmm. That's the the fee is is the note there. Mm-hmm. And then fee fa me like later it, it, it resolves down. Ah. Yeah. yeah. That's fun. I like that. All right. Uh the entertainer. I'm the entertainer, and I've had to pay my price for things I did not know at first. I learned by doing twice. Ah, but still they come to haunt me. Still they want their say. So I've learned to dance with a hand in my pants, and I rub my neck and I write them a check, and they go their merry way. I do like how much um, uh, bounciness there is in the melody here. Yeah. It's it, it yes. Gets, it's it moves. It's the melody freaking moves like, and it's I don't know like we grew up in the Pacific Northwest, which was still at the time like in kind of like grunge in in the thrall of Nirvana and grunge and stuff, and a lot of that music <laughs> has very monotonous vocals where like yeah the singer will be like repeating one note and he's singing a whole verse like this. <clears throat> that kind of thing. So to like hear like a good, a good bouncy delivery. Yeah. I just like, I like hearing vocal melodies that go places. 
Yeah. And this one do, does, and I, I, I appreciate, I like this one. This is a, this is a fun vocal melody. This is probably my second favorite song of maybe of all of Billy Joel's songs that we've heard so far, maybe tied for the, the other one, uh, the great suburban showdown. I mean, uh-huh. I like it musically more probably, uh-huh. but, um, I think the lyrics are really fun and clever. Mm-hmm. Also, there's no uh, chorus is, in this song. Yeah, it's just sort of uh, uh, strophic. I guess right? a, str- a strophic form. Yeah, S- strophic um, meaning just like repeating one form. Yeah, without altering. Yeah. And then, uh, okay, so he's got all these like. I mean, I probably just want to read a bunch of entire verses because they're great. Um, yeah. I am the entertainer. I dress to fit the style. I wear all kinds of sparkles. I flash the crowd, my smile. And when the night is over, I stand without my clothes. Mm. Perspiration stains and varicose veins. My eyes look shot. My belly's got a pot. And there's a bit of Coke on my nose. Damn. So, yeah, like this song is sort of, it, it's about, it is probably autobiographical but ultimately i feel like it's about how as an entertainer you're sort of objectified um mm-hmm. and uh people feel entitled to see you how they want to see you and to see you as there's this sort of parasitic it's symbiotic but it feels parasitic the relationship mm-hmm. and uh yeah and like the sort of bodily toll that it takes especially like being on the road and like trying to stay awake and having being high energy the drugs mm-hmm. you got to take and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah and uh, it's it's um yeah. it's i don't know I, I on maybe one of his earlier albums like like piano man is like not a great song does not have a lot of depth in the way that it approaches sure. like being a performer um, and, uh, initially I, you know, thought he was going to do something similar because the, the first verse is, is no great shakes. He says, I am the entertainer. And now I know just where I stand. Another serenader and another long haired band today. I'm your champion. I may have won some hearts, but I know the game. You'll forget my name and I won't be here in another year if I don't stay on the charts. I was like, okay, yeah. he's going to write sort of a, um, a little bit like self pitying, just kind sure. of like a little bit wry look at himself and his career but it's going to be like kind of uh kind of uh inoffense not well like harmlessly and like inoffensive and it's in his humor and, and right Sur- surface level yeah sort of like uh but it gets kind of dark chuckle. it yeah it gets kind of dark and it gets a little like biting and uh he doesn't does not seem to appreciate that dynamic and yeah. is not afraid at like I don't know. Like he, he's, he, he's not afraid to like look at himself and see varicose veins, you know, like he's, yeah, he's purposely like being like not having vanity about some of this stuff. I especially like verses five and six. Uh, first five is <laughs> I am the entertainer. I come to do my show. You've heard my latest record. It's been on the radio. Ah, it took me years to write it. They were the best years of my life. It was a beautiful song, but it ran too long. It, if you're going to have a hit, you got to make it fit. So they cut it down to 305. I think that's specifically in reference to Piano Man, the song. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, it, it was like, what, five or six minutes originally? And they, they cut it down to, they cut so much of it yeah. out for the radio edit. So that like s- sort of like begrudging compromise that you have to make. I feel like that's a, a great specific to talk about that general idea. Yeah. Uh, 
And then there's just this really funny thing at the end of uh, verse six. Um, uh, ah, you see me in the paper. I've been in the magazines, but if I go cold, I won't get sold. I'll get put in the back in the discount rack like another can of beans. <laughs> I love that. That he says another can of beans. Yeah. <laughs> like he himself or his music has become a can of beans to put with yeah, the other cans of beans. That is a very funny thing to say. I enjoy that. Uh. So I want to talk about two things musically in this as well. Um, one, there's two extra beats in the form, and I think it's really catchy. Do mm-hmm. you want to play? Uh, I, I think I took a, a chunk of the end of one of the one of the verses, um, and you can just see how it goes a little extra in yeah. the in, in the verse. Yeah, here we go. Got to meet expenses. Banjo. Got to stay in line. Yeah. Got to get those fees to the agencies, and I'd love to stay, but there's bills to pay, so I just don't have the time. It's got like two extra beats there. Um, um, where, where do the extra beats come? Can you can you uh, point them out as they happen? Okay, yeah. Let me let me find that verse. Okay. Um, uh, no, I've got to meet expenses. I gotta stay in line. Got those fees. Uh, gotta get those fees to the agencies, and I'd love to stay, but there's bills to pay, so I just don't have the time. Gotcha. So if if that was um, if that was squared off without those extra two beats, maybe it would be something like, "No, I've got to meet expenses. I gotta stay in line. Gotta get those fees to the agencies, so I just don't have the time." Mm-hmm. It would be something like that. Um, yeah, I think that's that's exactly two beats less. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what it would be. So there's an extra line that's yeah. two slow beats. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, the other thing that's cool about this song is, you know, there's a lot of repetition. It's like the strophic form. There's no bridge. There's no chorus. I don't think mm-hmm. it's just the same thing over and over again. Yeah. But the production changes each time. You know, you just heard that banjo, that banjo wasn't in there the whole time. Yeah. Every verse, there's some sort of drop that happens. And then there's the piano drop, which, you know, it started with just like sort of guitar and Moog. Ooh, shit. And then piano drops can be dangerous. If there's one thing I've learned from Looney Tunes. <laughs> You're gonna have a mouthful uh, of piano keys, Mister, if you don't if you don't be careful. <laughs> it's it's a very zany uh, moment in the song. Yeah, <laughs> Lo- loony, if you will. Oh yeah, I, I will. I will. Yeah, play play that sound sample. So I just don't have the time. Here it comes. It's so fucking great. Yeah, it's just like honky tonk all of a sudden. He is honking that tonk. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> and tonking the honk. <laughs> and he's tonking that honk. Shit. Uh, <laughs> I I probably have to... I probably got to get going. Um, I don't have that much to say about any of the other songs. Do you have any, like... Uh, f- Not random really. Random observations? There's... there's Yeah, the, the rest of the album is not super great there's there's one more instrumental i mean like i said this album's like kind of uneven um i i will just like pay off the the comments i made earlier about the weekend song so i'll just i'll just play the yes. sound sample and you guys can hear it sure Spend the night 
Dol- Dolly Parton, I'll say. Absolutely not. Well, how about how about to to close us out? Will you play a a bit of the Mexican Connection? And while you're there, go ahead and uh, and take a look at the Genius page for that too. Oh, okay, I will. So I would just like to point out that um, the song bio, which is unreviewed at this point, uh, has just one single sentence posted by a user called Think Outside the Box Set. I don't know what they... That's right. You know, who they could be. But it just says a profoundly Mexican song. <laughs> which I, That's right. <laughs> I think might be slightly ironic. I mean, it's hard to say, really. Uh that, that's right. Think outside the box that has uh, it has a genius lyrics, a rapgenius.com uh, account. Now you can all follow me for all my Pyongs. Follow us for all the Pyongs. I just uploaded uh, you I, or us. Thank I guess. you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I think it would be great if all of our listeners got genius lyrics accounts and upvoted every all of the trolling that we will be doing i I only intend to troll obviously uh, yeah on this so yeah that that was the big reveal that i had uh (laughs) oh that's what you're saying oh okay it's Chekhov's reveal that is the yeah that is the new uh segment of the show Mm. we could we could we could have a, a recurring segment called the joel reveal yeah <laughs> well can, can you close us out do our closing credits yeah yeah thanks for listening everyone this has been 1974 street life serenade with billy joel join us next week with turnstiles from 1976 in the meantime you can visit us online at boxset.website email us at email at boxset.website tweet us at tote bs podcast uh, if you could go on iTunes, write us a review, or just jam those star buttons, that would be great if you haven't done so already. If you could spread the show around, tell people that you might think might like it, just tell them about it. Uh, experience some music that they might, well, probably would not have listened to. Um, if you want to support us directly making the show, you can go to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. Um, you can also join our Discord to hang out and chat with other uh uh boxers what do we call them thinkies thinkies uh the link will be in the show notes to join the discord uh you should also listen to cameron's other podcast it's called get up in the cool and oh, she would you should also tune in uh this weekend once this episode drops the 27th is the specific yeah, day saturday the 27th yeah. cameron's gonna be doing some live musics yeah, you can follow that on the bluegrasspride.net website uh, or their uh, Facebook page or their YouTube channel, whatever works. Um, I'll probably be watching just on YouTube so that I can just watch it on my TV with my good speakers. Mm. Um, but all day that day and uh, all day the next day, there's just going to be it's just going to be a gay old time, which is to say <laughs> a bunch of uh, <laughs> that is a great way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, a, bu- a bunch of queer like banjo and fiddle players mostly um, playing playing a well. It's called uh, bluegrass. 
Porch Pride, a Bluegrass Pride Quarantine Festival, and that's exactly what it's going to be. There are also some lovely uh, allies, too. Molly Tuttle's headlining. She's not queer as far as I know, but she's um, one of the best guitarists alive. So Mm -hmm. y'all should check that out. Amethyst Kaya, who is queer, uh, is a fantastic black lesbian banjo player, songwriter. So Mm -hmm. she's headlining as well. And then, uh, you know, there's some small potatoes like me who are playing. And I'm just uh, absolutely uh, humbled to be a part of the bill. Uh, So I'm playing 3 p.m. on that Saturday uh, Pacific time. And then right after... At 3.30, so make sure to be on time. It's a short set. They're all short sets. Yeah. Uh, uh, is uh, Jake Blunt, a uh, friend of Get Up in the Cool, and who we should we should have on this show at some point. I that think would be, be fun so too. fun. I bet he'd be down. Yeah. Um, and the Vox Hunters, uh, f- also former guests of Get Up in the Cool. And, uh, you know, Jake Blunt plays in this... Um, this well, he has a lot of different inspirations, but uh, one of the main ways that he plays is like he plays like traditional black and Native American string band music, um, which is a very specific sound. But he's he's doing a set with the Vox Hunters, who are these like fucking New England, like concertina fiddle, yep. northern <laughs> dork nerds yep. who are also awesome. Yes, <laughs> they're fantastic musicians, but it's it's like it's it's as opposite as it possibly could be it's that rhode Um, island sound yeah it's very literally like they they've published uh i think multiple albums at this maybe at least one album called the rhode island songster which is just traditional rhode island music so somehow they're gonna share a set together i have no idea how that's going to go because they're like really good friends but it's gonna be a weird band (laughs) Yes. <laughs> so I can't wait to check that out as well. That's so, going to be fun. Anyway, I, ho- I hope you all can can join us for that. Yeah, everybody check that out. Cameron, you may be uh, small, but you are one of my favorite potatoes. Thank you. Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I've been Nathan Hunt, and uh, bring your butt sack. I've been Cameron DeWitt, and Honky Tonk is the new Yin Yang. <laughs> it's a new joke. <laughs> Perhaps the real honkies were the talks we made along the way. <laughs> oh shit. Uh, Damn, that's a cold ass honky talk <laughs> reference. Uh Tonky. <sighs> it was the <laughs> It was the best of honks. It was the worst of tonks. <laughs> uh, um, 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 uh, I, oh, trying to think of another one. It's hard. It's hard. Yeah. You shouldn't honk the honk if you can't tonk the tonk. There it is. <laughs> it kind of, kind of Everyone works. Everyone knows that. <laughs>